Hello everyone, and my name is Adam Westwood. I'm joined, as always, by the lovely... Nathan Harding. And how are all of you? I'm feeling pretty great after what's been a very long WrestleMania weekend. How are you feeling? Um, yeah, it was very long. I spent way too many hours with you that I'd like liked to, but... That is harsh, Adam, that is harsh. I'm kidding. No, of course I'm kidding. Um, it's, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a very long weekend. We're up, up for many, many hours. More than I'd have liked to have been. Plenty of hours. I mean, WrestleMania ended at six in the morning for us, so I mean... I wasn't the be- I wasn't the most pleased with that. Let's put it that way. But over- overall, it's been an amazing week of wrestling, hasn't it? And we're going to review and sort of break down what's happened over the last week and talk about our highlights, our lowlights, and what we wish was different, as we always do. So we'll start off with what I think are maybe the best NXT takeover ever. I mean, I say this after every takeover, but I think this genuinely is the best one there's been so far. What are your thoughts on the show? Oh, it's a- one of the best, like, solid, what was it, about three hours, maybe? Yeah, just under, I think it was just under three hours. Yeah, one of the solid, best three hours of wrestling I've ever seen. Like, every match was felt different. There was nothing, like, no repeats. What I really like, they structured the card really well, I thought. The card seemed really, really well put together. It seemed like everything had a place in the card, and everything was there for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you had... You, we started off with the uh, tag team, the tag team championship match between the War Raiders versus Ricochet and Aster Black. That kicked us off, which was probably the best way they could have, oh, the best thing they could have done. Absolutely insane, weren't it? The amount of spots that ha- that match had, and the, the amount of silly spots they did. The Hanson stupid- was on fire in this match, but of, of, like even Alistair Black and Ray Rowe kept going back and forth at it, and I really liked at the beginning when. Um, there was the spot between Black and Roe where Roe went to pun- could have easily punched him in the head and he stopped and he controlled, he like, he controlled his first. And then less than like a minute later, Alistair Black did the same thing and he could have kicked his head clean off. And he just held it there next to his head. I thought that was amazing. Like it was such a, it was a, it was the perfect match to hype the crowd up for the rest of the show. I think they did a great job at it. Oh, can you remember Black's, what, was, what even was it when, uh, not Black, Ricochet, to the outside... Oh, I can't think what it was. It was almost like he did, um, it was almost like a Fosbury flop, but then he did like a spin in the air. So like a spinning shooting star splash to the outside. It was stupid. He's stupid. The things that man can do are insane. I think obviously the right people won here. It was was Ricochet and Black Swan song in NXT. I think it was the best way they could have gone up to the main roster. I can't think that could maybe be both of their best, best match on the main roster. Yeah, I mean the only the only one I could say for Ricochet that could be better would be the <clears throat> six man ladder match last year that Mania weekend, possibly Adam Cole versus Ricochet as well from maybe even Adam Cole versus Alistair Black as well the uh, the Extreme Rules match they had big theme there Adam Big. Cole's in all the matches there he's a he's a special talent isn't he we'll get on to, we'll touch on him a little bit later but yeah after the match the uh, their little swan song their farewell goodbye the crowd. It was amazing for it, weren't it? And it was like a special moment. It is very. It was. Very, it was such a. It was such a good way for them to go out. Like they both. They both deserved that sort of moment. And there's some people that go up as a big shock, sort of, as a shock. Uh, there's a lot of shock factor behind it. I say, such as, like I didn't think. I think when we saw Drew McIntyre come up, for example, like I think we all knew that Drew was done because he lost the title. But I don't think we expected he was going to go up with like with Drew McIntyre, for example. We already knew that this was going to be one of their last matches. And everyone was ready for it. Same thing with them. We had we had Sami Zayn leave NXT uh, two years ago, three years ago. Three, I think. Yeah, three. Yeah, three. Because it was WrestleMania thirty-two. Um, we knew that he was leaving. Things like that. Like they already had. They had that special. They had that special moment to leave. And I think that that made it really good. Um, and it was the same thing again. Then we had the NXT North American Championship matches, which I was I wasn't expecting to see so early in the card. But like I said, they, they structured this show really, really, really well in terms of they had this really, really exciting match. And then there was another one, and then after we'll touch on this a second, then they had the UK title match, which was structured, and they knew the crowd would already be a bit burnt out. And the champion, the UK title match was structured, and it was a slow building match, and the match kept getting bigger and bigger until it until it gradually culminated with the ending, the end result. This match was very different, and it was it was such a... I mean, it started off with an absolute showcase from Velveteen Dream, didn't it? He, the, sta- the statue of Velveteen entrance is one of the best ones I think we've yeah, seen in NXT I history I can't think it, I can't think of a better NXT entrance at least maybe Tyler Breeze's 
similar like fashion shoot in the original Brook, uh, Takeover Brooklyn show. But that's the only thing that I think comes close at all. I think the match was really weird. I expected, we both predicted Matt Riddle was going to win. Obviously he didn't. Velveteen Dream did. And then I think we said that if there wasn't going to be a win that someone would have changed like structure, someone would have either, like Velveteen Dream would have become a full-on babyface, which he basically is now. Anyway, or that Matt Riddle would turn heel, which I think was what we all expected. And then he didn't. How do you feel about it? Like, how, did you, how do you think the match went overall? How do you think... <coughs> Excuse you. Excuse me. What do you think could have done better? Throughout the um, throughout the match, I kept thinking Riddle was going to turn. Like you could see like, visibly throughout the match, he was getting more and more frustrated. And I just, I genuinely, we commented when we were watching it that he seemed way more aggressive towards the end, towards the last stage of the match, didn't we? Because he was sort of having a bit of fun towards the start, but as the match progressed, you could see, well, you could see his attitude was starting to change and. Uh, struggling to put put Velveteen Dream away but the finish bro mission wasn't it and then bro in, mission into, into a, a small package yeah. yeah it was an interesting I think it was I think it leaves the, it leaves room to be another match down the line Definitely. it leads which I think would work well I think I think Riddle could do really good things with that with the North American t- uh, title I mean it, the lineage of it we, we discussed this last week the lineage of that belt is insane and the fact that it's got it's been it's just it's almost handed like it's almost treated like a main title like it's almost it feels almost as prestigious as like the universal title does which is really bizarre well what i like about um the north american title and the standard nxt title it's not there's not a huge gap in level of matches or level of competitors fighting for it or level of like value to the titles because obviously the wwe championship compared to the united states championship for example it's miles and miles apart, but on NXT, literally any title could main event a takeover, and there'd be no complaints. Well, that's the that's the thing. Like, I mean, the original six way that uh, the mat, like the title was uh, first won by Adam Cole, in, that could have easily main evented that takeover. And the fact that then after that you then had uh, Cole versus Ricochet, which could have main evented the takeover. You then had Cole versus. Uh, you then had Ricochet versus um, Johnny Gargano, which could have main event at a takeover you then had on nxt tv you had cole versus dream which that itself could have been could have main event at a takeover all of the matches have been insane and the fact that there's not been one bad match or one bad title holder and someone that's done nothing yet from it is insane i think it i genuinely think that it's the most well protected title in the company the whole company big shout but what are we on now our um fourth third, fifth, fourth. fifth. Fifth. Yeah, because there was Ricochet, um, Adam Cole, Ricochet, uh, Johnny Gargano, Velveteen Dream. Oh, so fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth, sorry. But I yeah. Was thinking, I was thinking fifth. Obviously, Gargano had the shortest reign. Yeah. But it was all sort of story-based, wasn't it? And it, it led to uh, what we'll get onto shortly. But yeah, Velveteen, Velveteen Dream now holding on to it. Ricochet and uh, Cole had decent length reigns as well. And yeah, just great matches throughout. I think that's... The, I think it almost feels like the North American title sort of the workhorse title, not to discredit the NXT title at all, but like you always, because both of them have insane workers as champions, I mean, especially right now. Um, but it's almost like they put on, like this, it doesn't matter about the storylines as much with that title. It's more just about like really good matches, which I mean, as a fan, I really like that. Cause I mean, more than anything, I just like seeing good matches. Like good stories are great and all, but it can be it can take so much longer to to put together a, a great storyline. Like for example, Champa versus Gargano has been being built for the last like nearly three years, and it's been amazing. Technically, technically, Kofi Mania has been being built for eleven years. That's what's made the story so good. So you've got to think like Matt Riddle versus Velveteen Dream didn't didn't have the biggest story going into it, but it was still one of the best matches of the weekend. I think that's why the title is so good. Speaking of. The best matches of the weekend, though. Volta versus Pete Dunne. What a roller coaster this, this match was. This was insane. If there's a greater advert for NXT UK, tell me because this puts it on the map big time. I think the problem is it's a really weird show, NXT UK, because people from the UK, well, I mean, that's not to say all people, but there's a lot of people in the UK that aren't watching it. Like, I struggle to keep up with it on a weekly basis. I know that you struggle to keep up with it on a weekly basis. That's just because of how much product the, the WWE are putting out. Like they're putting out what at least 
five hours with Raw and SmackDown, and then another three hours with NXT, or the both NXT shows and 205 Live. So you've got you've got nearly uh, ten hours a week almost of show, as well as like all the network content they put out, and then throw a pay for you in there, and there's another three. So you're getting like at least over 12, 13 hours of content most weeks. So it's it can be a struggle to keep up with everything. Like we've not got that much time in every day to do other things. Like we have to do other stuff. But this match has made me want to watch NXT UK a lot more than I did before. I think as great as the champion as Pete Dunne has been for the UK, like the UK Championship, and the fact that I thought, before, even going into the match, I predicted Volta was going to win. I still had hope. I still had, I thought that Pete Dunne was going to win because it's he's held the title for 685 days. You, when you picture that title, you think of Pete Dunne. I don't, yeah, I don't care how many reigns or who's holding it in the next five or ten years. It's the NXT title. it is his the title. WWE, or is it is, the, is it is it WWE UK or NXT UK title? They still call it the the WWE yeah. United Kingdom Championship. They, they've not put UK in front of it. Well, the NXT. United Kingdom Championship. I'm always just going to picture Pete Dunne now. See, it's weird because Tyler Bate won the tournament and was the first champion, but no one remembers him as the champion because Pete Dunne's held it for the last yeah, two nearly. and a half years. Yeah, exactly. Well, year and a half, shall I say, not two and a half years. Well, nearly. Yeah, nearly. It was two. It was two years. The middle pay, middle takeover of the year. It was May, twenty seventeen. Yeah. So yeah, well, nearly two yeah. years to the day. But what a champion in Volta now. I know. Um, NXT UK is obviously we expect Pete Dunne to move on shortly to. Uh, maybe go to NXT normal NXT or main roster perhaps but Volta is champion now can take NXT UK in a new direction and they're definitely going to have to build up a lot of challenges for him over the next couple of weeks and months and that's the, I think that's the one problem is like well they've almost had two unbeatable champions in a sense as in Pete Dunne Pete Dunne could have been beaten by many people like Zach Gibson was really close um, after he won the UK tournament last, this last year and I've always thought someone like Joseph Connors would have been able to beat him. Uh, and then Jordan Devlin as well. There's guys that could beat him in NXT UK. Who beats Volta? Surely they're not going to tell the Jordan Devlin story again. Surely not. It's one of those things you can't... I can't see them going to do that story again. No. So who's the guy they probably I know, that? I know, but... I'm thinking... At the weekend, I heard someone say, well, if it didn't happen in WWE, it didn't happen at all. And they yeah. do like to retell... So, like many yeah. things from the indies don't they, they have I mean we've heard we've seen the whole Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens stuff twice now technically it wouldn't surprise me to see it again but that I don't know because I feel like nowadays they're talking more about like they, they'll use footage from WXW and stuff they'll use footage from other shows true true so I feel like that now especially NXT especially NXT's more is like more excited to use stuff from the indies. I mean, we've seen that with Keith Lee versus uh, Donovan Dijakovic, for example. Like that got a five star match at PWG. So now they're doing it again because obviously it's never happened before. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's one name I keep referring to in my in my head, and that's Noam Dar. Ooh, I uh, feel like he's been with uh, WWE for quite a while now. WWE hasn't he? for about four, three or four years now since the first classic. And he's been through two awful injuries, and he's kept through. Um, well, he's doing he's in his second one now because obviously him and oh, I forgot who he had a match with. He had a match on NXT UK, and he got injured at the same time as someone else. Um, I'm just going to quickly Google this now while I am talking about it. But he, um, I think was it Legaro? I don't think it was Legaro. I can't remember. I'm about to find it. I've got an article up now. Um, the injury's worse than everyone thought. Mark Andrews, both um, both Mark Andrews and Noam Dar were taken to the back on stretchers. So they, uh, Noam Dar uh, attempted a reverse Rana and then the move went wrong and he injured his knee. Um, Noam Dar's having knee surgery. I think Mark Andrews is actually fine. I think Andrews is fine. Um, but... No, Amdar's got to have extreme knee surgery. I think the doctor said it's one of the worst knee injuries they've ever seen. Really? And that, like, if it was, like, somehow his knee is lucky to be on his leg. Jesus. But he's going to be fine. Does not sound good, that. No. But the fact he's going to come back and he'll be fine. I feel like you don't... He, he kept putting... Uh, he put a tweet, like, a status about it on Facebook, on Facebook, on Twitter, shall I say. 
and he um he mentioned in the in the uh, the speech about that he's got a thing called hard as your dad itis or something and like he was he's fully like leading into something i feel like and i feel like if he can get back from this injury and then eventually the throne because at this like i feel like he'll be out for another year at this point if he can get through the next year of volta going through everyone and then eventually this time next year at the next takeover noam dar's back and he could take out volta maybe maybe but then do we really want to see a cruiserweight defeat volta i don't know i don't know it's interesting isn't it it's interesting because it was like who's going to be the man to beat Pete Dunne obviously I've had challenges but I don't think I've ever I've ever fully apart from Tyler Bate possibly winning it back I don't think I've ever been fully invested in someone beating Pete Dunne up until now with Volta but now who is going to beat him is a question I'm feeling like maybe um, Travis Banks maybe might be one of the guys to beat him if not him I feel like Jordan Devlin's probably the guy that's going to do it again D- one quick more thing about NXT UK am I right in thinking Cassius Ono is now part of it or uh, yeah he's flipping and flopping between both because he was at the NXT right. tapings last night in that case not, not Cassius Ono winning the belt but I do need to see great first challenger yeah I do need to see that match at some point great first challenger I, w- I want to bring up one more thing before we move on before we move on to the next match Pete Dunne we set, We both drafted him in our Superstar Shake-Up ed- episode. I feel like I might change where I think he's going. Or do you still think he's going to go to Raw or SmackDown next week? Because he wasn't on the NXT tapings last night. Yeah, I know. It's tough. Um, ideally, I'd like to see him there. And also, Triple H, like, I know he loves all his NXT babies and stuff, but I just think he's got this special, like, admiration for Pete Dunne and everything he does and he put I think he put like a tweet on about how like amazing his reign was and that and I just think he's going to be he's going to be a big star possibly possibly the first uh, English at least champion. English world champion yeah see I'm sort of I've had this weird thought in my head the last like 24 uh, 48 hours um, I feel like he might go to 205 Live which might sound insane to some people but his nickname is the Bruise Weight for a reason. He's still under 205 pounds. He's never had a 205 Live match, I don't think, uh, to my knowledge. I don't think he has. I think that's when he showed up on Raw. He was technically part of the Cruiserweights when they still showed the, the Cruiserweights on Raw, and Smackdown, on Raw, should I say. So I feel like he might go there and do something. I feel like they need to put some, and I feel like they're going to put a big name in 205 Live in the Shake Up. They're technically not part of the Shake Up but people can go to and from. I think Buddy Murphy's going to probably move to Raw or SmackDown because he, he had one match at... He had a match last night that was filmed at the take at the tapings, but only one match, um, of which was against Velveteen Dream, which was announced on last night's NXT as well. I think... I, th- I feel like he's going to Raw or SmackDown, but maybe maybe Pete Dunne's the guy to replace him and be the guy to take down Tony Nese and then have him hold the title for like a, a few months as well. And sort of do, because we all thought that Johnny Gargano was going to go to 205 Live. That's why, I think that's part of the reason we both picked uh, Adam Cole as well. Obviously, as much as us both wanting him anyway. But I, I do feel like there needs to be a mega name on 205 Live at the moment to sort of bring our extra eyes to it. And Pete Dunne definitely would, like, I think you'd definitely watch 205 Live if Pete Dunne was there. Um, and you'd join me in watching it all the time. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like I just want to see a big name go to there. And hopefully he could be that guy. We've then got the NXT Women's Championship match, the Fatal 4-Way between Shayna Baszler, Kairi Sane, Ayo Shirai, and Bianca Belair, which ended with Bianca Belair being tapped out again by the Kirifuda Clutch. How do you think the match was? Um, I enjoyed it. I, f- I think it's probably the weakest on the card, but that's not to say. Like, it was still yeah, a really, I, really good match. I agree. Um, yeah, it was quite action-packed. Um, Shayna wasn't really as dominant as, as normal in this. She kept getting taken out by the other competitors um, yeah I think that's why I thought midway through the match she wasn't going to win because we didn't really see her that much but then obviously that's sort of the sign when if you don't see someone that's probably the sign they're going to win and I'm in the minority here I do not really like Bianca Bella that much I'm not a Sam Roberts in the case where I think she's awful and doesn't deserve to be in that spot I think she's good I think just there's I think I think she's kind of problematic not in not in a bad not in like she's really problematic out the ring or in, in her social life or whatever I just think that like 
I think the hair gimmick really bugs me. Like in the ring as well, it quite stresses me out. Yeah. Like she always has to, she almost, it's weird because her hair's so in the, it's so long, it's so in the way. She ends up having to move her hair out of out of the way of certain moves. Constantly. It, and she's she's having it, to touch it and move it around like rather than looking after herself in the ring. And like arm so and her, headlocks. Her, her it, selling has a problem, like it's problematic because of that. And it just bugs me. Like I don't think her character's that good. Like, oh, my mindset's undefeated. Yeah, but you've lost twice. You've been tapped out and you, you've passed out and tapped out twice. Yes, to the most dangerous move in NXT. But you've still tapped out or and or been passed out twice. Your mindset is no longer undefeated. She needs. I feel like she needs a gimmick change. I feel like she needs something. It's yeah. It's become the hair is is her at the. But she can be so much more than just that. Yeah, she's so she's she's great in the ring. Don't get me wrong. She's the strongest woman that NXT probably have ever had. She is extremely. Oh, she athletic. is very athletic. Like her four fifty is brilliant, and we never see that, for example, anymore. Like she's a she's a great wrestler. I'm not knocking her ability in the ring. I just don't like her character and the way she's portrayed, and also the issue with the hair that bugs. But that's just a personal issue for me. So it sort of takes me out of the match when you're having to like move your hair around to get into a headlock, or you're having to. Um, there was one point in the in the ring where uh, in the match this weekend where um, Shayna Baszler grabbed her hair and pulled her, um, and they were on the outside of the ring, and Bianca was one end, and she grabbed her hair through the ring and pulled it. And then she went. Bianca then went face first into the um, into the uh, ring post. But in the setup to that move, you watched Bianca drag her hair and pass it across to her, because if it went the wrong way, the spot couldn't happen. Like there's yes, the hair whip's brilliant, and it scares me every time it happens because it's so loud. But at the same time, it's almost like it's an extra variable thrown in a match that's not really needed, and it, it almost hinders her as a character. I think. I feel like I want her to be more than just a hair gimmick. I know, but I don't... Yeah, I agree. But I can't see that changing any time soon because it's it's a unique look compared to the other women. So that's yeah. what she's going to have going for her going forward, isn't it? I feel like I just want to see her stop having to like justify... like Not justify, but like having to move it around as much in the ring. Like it just... It does... It does... It can take you out of the match a bit. That's my only issue with it, I think. But not to say that she's bad at all. Obviously, I really wanted Io Shirai to win and Kairi Sane, obviously. Both, I think they're my two favourite women's wrestlers in the world right now. Or they're in, they're in the conversation, at least. I think Kairi might be my favourite at Kyrie the minute. Is, I think Kairi is my favourite. Um, it looks like she might, she might be leaving um, to go to the main roster at some point. Especially with Pages. So, like, weird. I'm bringing a tag team next week to challenge the Iconics. I feel like she might be one of the people in the team. I, I feel like... If this was her last big match in NXT, well, she she has got matches in NXT. Should I say coming up? Because there was a few tapes last night. I won't spoil those for those who who want to hide away from spoilers. But they, they she was in a few matches last night. Uh, but it is looking like she might end up be like leaving NXT now. And if if she's leaving, what a, what a run she's had. I think she may have been because just because Shayna's runs not ended, she may be the best female in NXT. I'd say. Obviously, I think everyone would say Asuka, obviously, but I think Asuka's reign, there wasn't really as many. It was a, it was a very weird reign, wasn't it, Asuka's oh, reign? She was made to look so dominant, and it just... Obviously, it was a great reign for her and, and the title, obviously. But, yeah, a lot of the women at the time just nowhere near her level in terms of booking or ability as well. In the whole 500-day reign, there was... As soon as she lost to Bailey, Bailey was never going to win it back because she was already appearing on the main roster at this point. And then you had uh, the feud with with Ember Moon that didn't get an ending, unfortunately. But the the two, two I think it was two, maybe three takeover run that she had with Ember was brilliant. And the obviously the last woman standing match with Nikki Cross, which was also which was also brilliant. But apart from that, there's nothing that really stands out in 500 plus days to me that was massive. Like she had. Um, throughout her whole entire reign in NXT, obviously there was the matches with Nia Jax, there was the uh, the matches with Dana Brooke and, and Emma, but like, and she had she had a match with Mickey James, which was which was decent, but I don't think which it was, was apparently going to be Trish Stratus, wasn't it originally? R- really for the NXT? Yeah, I'm pretty, wow. this the Toronto. This was the Toronto show, weren't it? Yeah, I think was it. What was it now? 2016. 2016, yes, I think so. Yeah, apparently that was the original plan was to be Trish versus Asuka, but I don't know whether Trish was ended up being pregnant around the same time. 
I'll have a look right now. Which obviously, if you're pregnant, you yeah. can't really wrestle, can you? Surprisingly. Surprisingly, yeah. Yeah, it was that. Um, it was the Takeover Chicago one, and it was when Samoa Joe won back the NXT title the same show against Shinsuke. Yeah. Oh, that was a weird uh, bit. That was weird. That the amount of back and forths Joe and Shinsuke had. The problem that card had a, a big problem with the the tag title should have been invented. It was the two out of three fours match where um, DIY finally won the titles against the Revival, and that definitely should have been invented. It was just such a weird one. Um, yeah, it was weird. There was the, the final of the Dusty Classic that night as well. You had that. You had the uh, the the Shark Cage. Match. That was a weird takeover, really weird takeover. But yeah, yeah, I agree. That would have been insane if we had Trish versus. Asuka. But yeah, well, I mean, like, I think, I think, I think Kai has been the best NXT female of all time. I think the fact she's lost, though she won, she finally won the title after the first Mae Young Classic and then won it back. And then the whole back and forth with whether she's going to be able to get it again. I think it's been brilliant. Yeah. And I, I hope she does amazing things on the main roster. She should be. She Sh- Shayna Kyrie is one of my favorite women's rivalries. Same. In a long, long time. Same. I think it's been brilliant. But then we go on to the, the incredible main event. It's <laughs> the incredible main event. Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole in a two out of three falls match. Well, before we talk about this match, we'll talk about you and uh, the emotional roller coaster this match took you on. Oh, good God. I think I could have cried this match. I mean, we'll get on to when I did cry to the, in, in the WrestleMania show, but good gosh, the, sec- the third fall ruined me, didn't it? You, I think you were laughing at me throughout the whole show, just watching me die. I also wanted Adam Cole to win but as as the night went on you started to realise it was finally going to be Gargano's Gargano's time and bloody hell the amount of near falls the near falls in this match were insane I think I've never seen as many near falls apart from potentially end of an era yeah no, no you've, yeah you're Literally hitting that on the, the head there the only time I could think of as many near falls is, is end of an era you know where, where Shawn Michaels uh, sweet your music's taker and then Triple H goes yes. to the pe- pedigree and then this so this I assume we're talking about the same spot where Gargano defeats all three members of the Undisputed Era on the outside or defeats takes them all out he, uh, he rolls in the ring gets super kicked uh, twice and then is hit by is he, was it one or was it two Last uh, last shots. I think it might have been two. Could have been. Yeah, could have been. I think it was two because he hit one from the back and then hit one from the from the, from the front. I think. Uh, and he went. But, oh my pinned. god! And Gargano's. I think him and Roman Reigns are the best two people at kick at late kickouts in in the industry right now. The fact he had me on edge for about thirty minutes. Obviously, with two out of three fours matches, a lot of the times you end up thinking that. You end up thinking that obviously the first falls aren't really going to matter because most of the time that both both teams will get a fall. Obviously, it happened, and then you had you had Cole win the first fall, and then Gargano tapped him out for the second. And the third fall, which lasted about twenty minutes, had all the shenanigans in. Good God, that was a lot. Of One fun. of the greatest fight, like final falls, I think. This isn't. Oh, this is a classic match. This I love it. It's one of those things where it's. I obviously desperately wanted Adam Cole to win, but it's not like I hate Johnny Gargano. I've got a I've got the Johnny Wrestling shirt. I love I love uh, Johnny Gargano. I think he's brilliant. But at the same time, it was the for me. I think I was the one person who wasn't like ready to scream with happiness when he won in the entire world, because it it definitely was a pro Adam Cole crowd to start with. And as the match went on, it, it began becoming more and more of a Johnny Gargano crowd. Can we talk about the end of the end of the show as well? I think we have to. Champa coming out. Is that the end of the story now? I is that a face is. turn from the man? I think, I think, um, have you seen the documentary that they've put on the Performance Census YouTube channel about, about Champa? So no, far? but I know you, you, you've told so, me about it. So in, in it, we, it discusses obviously the facts. It's sort of, it's almost like an out of kayfabe interview and he discusses his career and the run that him and Johnny have had and the fact that Johnny, even throughout all this, it means so much to him and that his family love Johnny all the time. And it sort of showed that they've got this insanely good relationship. Um, and it's almost, I think that Johnny got, I think that no matter how much, how, how despised Tommaso Ciampa was, it's going to be a bigger babyface return than Triple H in the 2000s. I think when he eventually comes back in the next year, if he does eventually come back, I hope he does, 
it will be the the loudest pop ever. I feel like they said usually they can take between uh, eight. This is about seven to nine months usually for his injury to come back from. If he can do it, potentially Royal Rumble would be. A, Imagine the pop time if he comes out as like number thirty in the Rumble. You just hear that siren start up again, and then literally no one will survive. It would be insane. But I think I think probably the best NXT takeover of all time. I think all in all, every single match delivered. Delivered big time. It delivered very big. There was nothing underwhelmed at all. But we'll speak of some underwhelming things right now from WrestleMania. To start with, the Women's Battle Royal. So we all went in. Everyone wanted Asuka to win. Asuka was in the final two, where we thought it was the final three. And she was then eliminated by Sarah Logan, which I was actually very happy with. I was fine with that happening. I thought, you know what? Sarah Logan's been really good. I think she's improved loads in the last year. Give her the big win. In the exact same spot from last year where we all thought Bailey had won the Battle Royal, we then see, out of nowhere, Carmella slides from outside the ring and eliminates uh, eliminates Sarah Logan. It, I genuinely, while writing the winners, forgot that she had won. It does nothing for it. They're not gonna do, they've already started doing nothing with her. She came out on SmackDown and was interrupted by Samoa Joe, who's now just the most dominant man in professional wrestling. Which is one of the best things of the match, which we'll talk about. The best things of the night, which we'll usually, about. usually, I am amazing at spotting when someone will go under the bottom rope or, you know, will hide or whatever. I'll get like, I knew at all in. I knew it was Flip Gordon was was Chico El Luchador, whatever he was yeah. called. Got put for a tail by Billy Ray and like Santina Morella. I, I noticed when he like, like I always notice it. For, Whatever reason, I did not pick up at all that Carmella had gone under the bottom rope or whatever. They didn't even shot on TV. No, I, I, yeah, I seriously thought Sarah Logan had won. I was like, wow. And then from nowhere, it's a repeat spot. It just shows how little they care about the like a lot of the women. Like, I still think that as brilliant as it is to have, as brilliant as it is to have. Uh, the women in main event. There are still many issues, like the fact that they treat ish- they treat women like Lana, for example, better than women like Kairi Sane. They had that's who eliminated her. You had Lana and Kairi Sane. You had Candice Ray be eliminated in seconds. It's you don't see that happen in the men's rumble. Like in in the men's battle royal, you didn't have someone like you didn't have Mojo Rawley eliminating someone like Tommaso Ciampa because that is essentially what like you wouldn't have you wouldn't have Jinder eliminating Kairi Sane. That, that well I mean I meant to say Johnny Organo in that case because she's essentially the female equivalent in NXT and I think it's just it's just a bizarre it's very bizarre isn't it in terms of what they're going to do next with it like they've already seemed to stop care about it like they didn't really care much last year about Naomi winning so I don't know what they're going to do I don't know what they'll do next with her but I think it was pathetic obviously Braun winning was expected and I've got no I've not really got a complaint with Braun winning I have I wanted my boy Colin Jost to win the match. What a boy! I, th- <laughs> I completely turned on him in this match. I was like, oh, I could honestly, I didn't hardly watch any of the. Uh, well, I've never watched NSNL for a start. I've, I watch NSNL a lot, well on YouTube at least, because we didn't show her. But and I didn't really keep up up with this feud because I wasn't interested at all. But oh my god, Colin Jost, his facial expressions alone. He's brilliant. Isn't what he? a boy! He's, brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I think we all expected yeah. Braun was going to win, but I think it was very fun what they did with it. They made the SNL stuff actually work, I thought, in the ring. And the fact the therapist came out, which made it fun. It was just a laugh. Like, it was on, a, it was on the pre-show. It wasn't too serious. Yeah, I, I know it's Braun's one, but it's, a it's not going to matter at all, DeAndre. No. I mean, I think it's almost led into the fact that Braun is looking like he's going to be going to SmackDown and feuding with Samoa Joe. And it looks like that's why there's, like, that's almost why he's got his chance, because he, beat, he, won, he won the Battle Royal. And if... If Carmella gets to face off against Becky Lynch, I wouldn't be too mad about it because she won the Battle Royal. I think that'd be fair. And then it makes it look a bit, it makes it look like there's actually something to the match. Um, with a quickly touch on the Cruiserweight Championship match, which was Buddy Murphy, uh, Buddy Murphy losing his NXT Championship to Tony Nese. Finally, Tony Nese won, uh, won the match, uh, won his title, shall I say. I thought the match on Mania was brilliant. 
but I think it was, it's already been eclipsed by the match they had on 205 Live, which I watched yesterday. And I think the match at Mania was very good. And if that in, if that match was good to you, then you should definitely watch the, the match they had this week on, t- on 205 TV. It was brilliant. And I, can, I cannot recommend it more. You're not really a big fan of... Well, you don't really watch and keep up with the Yeah, cruises. not that I'm not a big fan, because whenever I watch cruises on the pre-show, I'm always amazed. You're just... Same thing with NXT UK, just don't get round to watching it, don't have the time or whatever. But yeah, I really enjoyed this match and I'm definitely going to be seeking out uh, their second match from, from the week. That's brilliant. The last match on the pre-show I touched upon was the Raw Tag Team Championships, which was the Major Bros versus the Revival. It's an interesting one, this, isn't it? Because there was, it was a, on the night, I loved this. I thought it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant pop for the crowd to, it was the end, of, was it the end of the pre-show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it wasn't. No, the, the, the women. It was the, it just was the before women. the Andre the Giant. Oh yeah, Battle. Braun, Braun won, won was last, wasn't it? Um, it was a brilliant moment on at WrestleMania, but at the same time, I expected they were going to lose the belts this week on Raw in the Revival's tag, uh, in the Revival's uh, chance on Raw. But I think next week might be the end of it because I feel like the Usos, after losing the SmackDown tag titles this week on T- on uh, SmackDown Live, are going to be heading to Raw. Yeah, it's a simple way to to put I them feel across. Like if the if the Usos change over, which I think they should, if they beat the Revival, if they beat um, the Major Bros on Raw this week and win the title straight away, it literally makes them look the most dominant team in the they world. They love to do that, don't they? Like swap a team, swap a team or a wrestler over and win the belts instantly or win the belts and then move over they, they love doing that so yeah I've got no work. complaints with that I think that'd work really well hopefully that's what happens obviously the Usos won at Mania uh, in the, the Fatal 4-Way tag match don't really want to touch on it that much because nothing really special happened but the match as a whole was really good yeah just fun wasn't it considering they had only about 10 minutes to show around to do obviously because there was about 100 matches on this Wrestlemania I thought they did brilliantly with oh happened. just mention the uh, Cesaro swing in this match Ricochet, Ricochet. How did like he not still, die after that? I feel like he's still swinging. He is still. He's been. He must have gone round about well, five hundred times. See, I thought going. I thought after this match, this was going to be the end of the bar because they did really hit their greatest hits, really, didn't they? But then, as we've seen on Raw and SmackDown this week, the bar have almost have almost gained a member in Drew McIntyre, who looks. He may be. He may be injured now. He wasn't actually in the finish of the main event. As we all saw, he was just mysteriously vanished from TV. But reports from the crowd said that he went off through the back of the crowd uh, with a referee. So it looks like he may get, have an injury, which if, if it's true, could be awful. Because I think he was going to be the guy that had beat Kofi for the title eventually after Kofi got done with the bar. But I think this match was, this match was brilliant. I can't really talk too much about it because the match now is already irrelevant because the Hardys are now champions who weren't in the match. So, but as a whole, it was a really good, it was a really good match to have on WrestleMania. And I'm glad that Usos have got a big WrestleMania win in their, yeah, in their lock. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it wasn't, this isn't the order that the show happened, but I'm going to touch on its next. Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle. Uh, Kurt's farewell match. Baron Corbin wins as I predicted within a end of days. It lasted like two and a half minutes or something. It really wasn't that special of a match, was it? It really wasn't that good. I think we've seen a lot, a lot better matches, obviously, but it wasn't intending to be a great match, was it? I don't care for it, but I guess what I do care for was after the match was Kurt Angle's sort of goodbye to the crowd type deal, which was, you know, getting the recognition, the respect and the adulation he deserves. And it was just a nice send off after the match for him, wasn't it? The match was nothing special, just Baron Corbin. I think the match, it's almost one of those things where the match didn't have to be amazing. It It didn't have to be special. It seems like the match was to build up to Kurt Angle saying goodbye, pretty yeah, much. pretty much. Which is, it's not the worst, but I feel like it could have been a lot better. Um, of course, I'll, I'll quickly jump in here with a segment from the show, because of course a lot of people, me included, wanted to see Cena Angle, but if that wasn't going to be the case, then the next best thing is what we did get, which was the Doctor of Fergonomics, John Cena... Straight out of the mid two thousands, coming to interrupt Elias, which was just amazing, wasn't it? I think it's it's the, I think it was a better, um, I think it was better than having Cena versus Angle, because imagine if Baron Corbin had lost to Kurt Angle in minutes, because it'd have had to have been minute, it'd have had to have been within like thirty seconds, and then you have John Cena come out to do the greatest hits against Kurt Angle. Like, it makes 
Baron Corbin look dreadful. Which long term is stupid. I mean, they kind of did make him look a little bit stupid on Raw, but that he can redeem, he can be redeemed from that by him screaming about being Kurt Angle for the next few months. And the fact, I think that they they obviously made uh, Kurt look on top to put over Lars appearing. Of which Lars, I'm so happy he's back. He's on the main roster. Obviously, there was struggles. He had struggles with mental health illnesses over the last year. He had some severe anxiety issues. So I'm really happy that he's he's got through that. He's got through that all, and he's, he's now on the main roster. But I think Cena versus Elias was special. I think that's a big WrestleMania moment that everyone's going to remember for a very long time. I'll go on to what I think was one of the better, surprisingly one of the best matches of the night, was the Miz versus Shane McMahon in a Force Cat Anywhere match. With, with, this match has gifted us the best meme of all time in George Mazanen. What a man George Mazanen is. Obviously, <laughs> getting in the ring and just putting his fists up in the wrong way to Shane was was brilliant. And I keep I keep seeing it on Twitter. Oh, I've seen so people that like I don't even like wrestling that I know. I've been using George as a meme now, and it's amazing. I think it's brilliant. I think yeah. also the spot, the final spot of this match. Yeah, the final. Spot Obviously, it's not a technically great match. It's just a it's a bit of a scrap, isn't it? Um, I think that I think that's fine. Because, yeah, I mean, it's all in, we need. It was a, I think there's about fifteen matches in the end on WrestleMania, and having a different match that was just like a scrappy. Falls cut anywhere match the people were just running around everywhere it's like um, it was brilliant right well it reminds me this is a lot better example though of Shane McMahon versus The Undertaker because that match built it was built all the way for one spot whereas this it, it, we had other little spots in, inside like the George the George spot obviously but and it was a lot lot short it was not half an hour it was about 10 or 15 minutes also and it was like, ideal I mean th- this is I'm still scared of this spot I feel like it was it was so horrible where they're on top of they're on top of a little bit in the crowd and Miz punches Shane McMahon in the face and Miz bounces over the over the barricade and he's supposed to land on top of this like golf cart he bounces off it and slides off the golf cart and the golf cart's like 10 feet in the air. So he just slides like and has like a 10 foot drop, which obviously to Shane is nothing. <laughs> but holy hell, it's I remember initially I was like, what has he just popped off there? we couldn't see yeah. him. We didn't see him land. And you just, from the camera angle that we were watching obviously on TV, he just jumped over and I was like, is he dead? What has he landed on? And then he hits the concrete floor. Obviously, like the twenty-foot scaffolding spot was brilliant. It was an. I actually like. I know. Well, shame one, but I like that as a finish because you don't need a Miz did not need the win. He he was he looked brilliant throughout the match, didn't he? And obviously on SmackDown beforehand when he took out Sanity as well, and yeah, he he got the big the bigger uh, spot with Shane and Shane. I think the fact the is like. The match was ambiguous in the way it ended, obviously, because Shane, Miz technically won the match. Miz technically beat the Miz. The, it beat Shane around so bad that Shane genuinely tried to give up. And then Miz went for the spot. Unfortunately for, for Shane, it was just how he landed on top of him. But I think it was one of the best matches of the night. And I feel like it's, that spot, at least, is going to be a big wrestling. Like people are going to talk about that spot for a very long time. I feel like my fav- one of my favorite moments of WrestleMania, as you witnessed firsthand, was the Iconics finally becoming women's tag team champions. I think I screamed, didn't I? I think I screamed. Um, it was special. I think I called them winning. I called them winning to the very beginning of the match, didn't I? You called after, it beforehand as after well. About two, I called it on the show, any on the uh, the podcast anyway. But about five minutes into the match, I said the Iconics were going to win because, excuse me, um, you could tell you, they hadn't really been seen much in the. They hadn't really been seen much throughout the match. They hadn't really been anywhere. Then all of a sudden, you just see. Beth Phoenix going for this mega glam slam and all of a sudden you see a little Billy Kay hand pop up and oh, just that tap her on lovely, the leg. Oh, that was lovely, not it? It was brilliant. It's such, a, it's such a heel thing to do and it makes it makes perfect sense for their character. I think if you've seen, there was a 10 minute YouTube video put up of the Iconics running backstage on Raw after their, their title plates were fitted, or side plates going, asking every single person if they liked them and those people running away from them like you had Drake Maverick try and run away from them. You had Bobby Lashley say he, he misses them and wants to have a challenge for them because he's lost his title. It was brilliant. I just want a network show of the Iconics running around doing dumb stuff. And I think it was one of the best wins of WrestleMania. I think the best win that, like all in all, 
oh second third best actually third best win was Samoa Joe beating Rey Mysterio in, in 58 seconds this is established Samoa Joe I love this like yeah I saw people on Twitter complaining that oh why have you yes Samoa Joe was built strong he made to look amazing but not against a legend like Rey Mysterio I thought this was perfect That's, it has to be against a legend yeah there's no point doing it against Mojo Rawley is if there? You be, loads of hate towards Mojo today but like he's not Mojo's not been built in the last two years if you beat someone like Mojo in 50 seconds great you beat Mojo whoopie do. if you beat a legend if you imagine beating John Cena or Rey Mysterio or The Rock in like a minute because Rey Mysterio is in that Rey Mysterio is in that list no matter what you say he's in that list He's in, the, he's in contention for the best of all time. If you beat anyone that's a big name, that's been a world champion in a minute, instantly your, your credibility goes up. It goes up tenfold. Samoa Joe, if, you, if someone's in a Kakina clutch, you're done. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what now. Like that, that submission is the, is the most dangerous submission on TV. And it's insane. Like you saw, you saw R-Truth just pass out to it. And then he, and then Braun Strowman interferes on Monday night on that SmackDown, just appearing. Samoa Joe was asking for him to come on. Like, Samoa Joe was saying, bring it. To Braun Strowman. But the finally getting a bit of Samoa Joe action. The man who's been only been beaten uh, by Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns in the last, well, since his debut, really. Like, the only big matches he's lost is Daniel Bryan and Big, and uh, Daniel Bryan, and, not Daniel Bryan. Um, thinking, I'm thinking the next match I'm about to talk about. Uh, the only big times he's lost is to Roman and Brock. So, the fact that, that Samoa Joe was ready to fight him and, and held his own already Samoa Joe has made the US title look so much better than it was before I think it was perfect I genuinely think it was perfect we'll, we'll quickly we'll talk about this very quickly Demon Balor winning yeah next genuinely he, I, I liked he hit different moves I like how he hit like, a, like I like how he hit Powerbomb and things like that it was it made him look a bit different but it was boring. The best thing of this match was Lashley's bloody spear through the ropes. The spear through the ropes and his contact lenses. His con yeah, right. His contact lenses were the best. Saying that, his spear through the ropes is better than any Big E spear through the ropes he's ever hit. I think I think bro uh, Bobby Lashley's spear is one of the best in the company. I love Lashley. Lashley is. I think he's brilliant. We've got we've got uh, we've got five more. Ma oh, five more. Yeah, five more matches to touch on. Two of them. Disappointed me quite a lot. Oh, six matches, I think. Six matches left. All right, I know the two you're on about, and they definitely needed five they, or so they minutes both more. Needed about five to ten minutes more. Well, Roman the first AJ Randy needed about five minutes more. Definitely, it just was just kicking into steam, wasn't it? And Reigns Drew had no sort of um, had no momentum or energy about it, no zip about it at all. It's it, a bit of an odd match, wasn't it? Yeah. It, if there was a piss break on this card, that would have been it. Those two, Genuinely, yeah. which disappoints me and massively. They were the two, I think they were the two match. Well, out of the, those three matches, I was desperately excited for uh, being Kofi versus Brian and then these two, and both of them kind of disappointed me a little bit. Like I thought, I thought I was I was so hyped going into the beginning of this match, like the fact that Drew, like Drew got a bagpipe and drum entrance, which was insane. Uh, Roman's big return to singles action, obviously, like. I may have been expecting a bit too much. Obviously, Roman, it's his first proper match back since returning from, from leukemia. So I may have been expecting the sort of Roman Reigns of old, but even so, I think it was still decent enough. I, I think that's the thing. I think, the matches, I think both matches were decent. They were fine. There was nothing wrong with the matches, but from Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre and Rage, and Rage AJ Styles and Randy Orton, I expected so much more from them. Hopefully, both of them can get another match at some point down the line and like on a lesser pay-per-view. And they get a lot more time because it doesn't. Matter. I think for me, it doesn't matter where the match happens as long as you have a good match. You can make any like any match look special. Right, three matches left to go. Oh, no, four matches. Keep forgetting about this one. We'll get this one out of the way. The fourth one. Triple H has retired Batista. It was all right, but twenty minutes. Right. Yeah, I I do think it probably went five minutes too long, but I. It's obviously again not a wrestling classic at all. But it was it was fun to watch. It was, it was really fun. like it was sloppy in places, but it it, it was a it was a no holds barred yeah. match. That excuses the sloppiness, I think, for me. And there was some there were some nice spots, especially the uh, the nose ring. The nose ring spot being pulled out was brilliant. Uh, there was loads of the, announced the, table the spots. Triple H, weren't there? The Triple H spear through the table was quite good. Yeah. Um, 
And then obviously you had the the power bomb on the steel steps, which Batista then bounced off of, and then Ric Flair eventually coming out and giving the the sledgehammer. If that to, was if that is genuinely Batista's last of a match, then yeah, he, you he, needed Ric Flair there. He said he retired on Twitter, and I yeah. think that was a perfect ending for him. And I feel like I feel like Batista's a lot of guy that if if needed he would come back again. Because, I mean, he didn't retire officially on TV, so I feel like he still believes he could come back, but I feel like it was one of the better matches to end on for him. Like, I think that's better than ending randomly of quitting after The Shield. Now there's a proper culmination to his career, which I think, if, yeah. to, if it has ended... Which is, oh, he obviously was desperate for, wasn't he? If his career now has ended officially, I think he's been one of the... Well, for me, at least in my life, so it's been one of the best best superstars of the last decade heel or face doesn't yeah Batista. he's been amazing yeah the universal title match kicked off wrestlemania was interfe- interfering hulk hogan paul Heyman st- stormed off and the big highlight was they didn't stop playing hulk hogan they didn't stop playing hulk hogan's theme song so real americans playing that and then you just <laughs> paul Heyman stormed down. absolute storm down didn't he and he said if oh. i'm not going on last i'm going on first so bring out brock lesnar this i love this this, this match was perfect you, for a start to mania Universal you, title, the second biggest title in the company, changing hands. Well, I say, I say second biggest because I think the WWE title is better, but the, the the biggest title on Monday Night Raw, changing hands in a second. Insane. Insane. It was just an absolute chaotic, fast-paced start to the show, wasn't it? This match had to either go th- three or four minutes or like 35 minutes. It was either or because it was either, it either needed Seth to, to like out gas to literally gas out Brock and finally beat him it was like one or two it was either going to be Seth doing what Brian Styles uh, you know couldn't do mm-hmm. yeah it was either going to be that like having having him gas him out or do sort of like almost what Finn Balor did at the Rumble but then actually do it and beat him or this which just went minutes a low blow spot clearly his worst week, his biggest weakness <laughs> Clearly, a low blow is worse than diverticulitis because this is just stopping him all the time. I think Jerry Ryan would absolutely decimate Brock Lesnar. I know. I think that's the, that's what we need to see. Mm. Um, and then eventually it was three curb stomps and he won. I think the crowd was so ready for it. I think it worked perfectly. Yeah, it, it just kicked off the night and you knew it was going to be a great mania from that moment forward, yeah. didn't you? I'll touch, on, I'll touch on this first, even though it was the main event because I think the fans definitely, at least in their reaction, had a bigger main event on the night. The real main event of WrestleMania was Becky Lynch uh, finally winning the Raw, ta- the Raw Women's Championship, as well as the SmackDown Women's Championship, def- uh, winning the women's uh, the winner-take-all triple threat main event, defeating Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. The finish to this match obviously looks a little bit botched, as Ronda was going for a Piper's pit, and uh, Becky counted it into a crucifix roll-up pin. Uh, obviously, the the controversy is that uh, for the first pin for uh, Ronda's arms went on the map. She was pinned for two and three, but the, for the first pin, for the first count, her arms went on the floor. I think this was perfect, looking back. with In hindsight, this was perfect. Obviously, the match only went about, like, I'll check specific, like, get the actual time up now. It says 21.30. I thought it went a lot shorter than 21 minutes. Yeah, I liked it. It was a good match. It I mean, was. I it, think it had the problem of going on last on a seven-hour card. Exactly. By this point, I was knackered, so you know. Because when we were watching this, this was five. This this match ended at five thirty in the morning for us. So for us, we felt distraught. Uh, yeah, I was pretty drained. Americans from were watching the- this about eleven thirty. Mm. So obviously, obviously, no matter what, it was going to be difficult for us to get really, really invested. The crowd as well had that problem as well. It was the sixteenth well. match of the night. It was really weird. No, it was a good match. It, definitely, the women, the women were not out of place in the main event at all. Oh no, never. They, were they never definitely felt main this, event worthy. This match had to be had to main event this year. If it didn't, because the, I think yes, the storyline has got a bit convoluted at times. But I think there's never been a storyline that's had as much heat behind it as this one. Have, this one has. for the women as well. Yeah. I mean, when are we gonna? We might not see another women's feud like this, or this for, for a long for, time for a couple of more years at least. Until until Shayna and Kari get on the main roster and we. We see that repeat on the yes. main of Mania. I think if Kyrie Sane's not main eventing Mania next year, then what's the point of having a pirate theme? What is the point? I want to see the stage be a be a pirate ship, and it can move, and she sets sail down the ramp on the pirate ship. Many times, yes, to that. Imagine that, and then she has a tre- she has a treasure chest on the on the on the ship, 
she comes in second for some reason because the champions come out first. It'll be Becky Lynch still as the champion, as the Royal Women's Champion, against Royal Rumble winner Kyrie Sane. And she'll come out on a pirate ship, and the front of the ship will have a treasure chest which will be open. And what the end of WrestleMania, the end of WrestleMania will be the Raw Women's Title going into a treasure chest and being shut by Kyrie. <laughs> and as soon as she shuts it down in her chest, Mania's ended. Love that. Love that. Brilliant. Uh, I think it's. I think it sells itself really, doesn't it? I think. I think it was a really good match. I feel like the crowd weren't ready for it to end, though, almost. Because, like, yes, we were ready for it to end because it was nearly six in the morning. And there was, some, there was actually people sleeping in the stadium. Uh, there were people sleeping in MetLife. But I think the, ma- the people were expecting there to be a disarmor or to be a figure eight, like a full figure eight that ended the match. Or an arm bar from... The finish did catch me sort of out of nowhere. Think, yeah, it, w- it was a bit of an out of nowhere sort of moment, which I suppose, I suppose a roll-up should be out of nowhere. And I think it was, a, it was almost sort of like this match could happen again and be bigger. Like... There's definitely more left down the line if ever we see it. Because, I mean, Charlotte Flair wasn't pinned. Charlotte Flair's lost her title and wasn't even touched. And she's not... And obviously, we're now moving on to Becky versus Lacey, so... Yeah. And also, you could say that Ronda's got a shout in there because she wasn't pinned for three. So there's definitely next mania. They do do a Rock and Cena and do this again. It could work. It could work again. Like, I'd I'd be in for seeing this again. But as a full, with a clean ending, I'd be seeing it again. How about you? Would you would you want to see it again? Yeah, definitely. I definitely need to see Becky and Charlotte and, and Ronda have more matches with each other. Definitely. Now, the one match which really took the crowd... I think, was this the longest match of WrestleMania? This was the, the second longest match of WrestleMania, only being beaten by uh, one minute. W- w- was one minute shorter than Triple H and Batista. Kofi Kingston finally winning the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. It was literally positioned middle of the card because there was there was four pre-show matches uh, and then it was the 10th match. So it was five matches into, into the card and then had six matches after it. So it was dead in the middle. For us, it was only like three in the morning. So we were, we were still... Ex- <laughs> the, the, the caffeine was still, was still in there. Yeah. I, don't, I cried. I think I should just begin this. I genuinely teared up. I fell off my bed and teared. This is one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time, in my opinion. In my honest opinion. I don't think in the last five years there's been a better WrestleMania match than this match right there. And I will argue with anyone that disagrees. I think it, it has to be up there. And especially for the moment as well. It's I my favourite match since, since Punk Taker 29. And it has, I think it has the second biggest moment in terms of the last five or six years. I think that moment was bigger than Daniel Bryan's moment. I think, I think it's got to be, it's up there. Personally, very, I think Bryan's was the, was the biggest. But I think, but yeah, I love, oh, this match was perfect and the ending was perfect. And the New Day's involvement was, per- everything about this match was perfect. Because of this thing, because I was panicked that Rome was going to interfere or that, that the New Day were going to cost him the title accidentally or that something was going to happen. And the fact that the New Day just hit, uh, the fact that Biggie and Kofi, Biggie and uh, Woods, I say, just hit a uh, midnight hour. Oh, that's not called up, up, down, down, isn't it? They hit that on Rowan and got him out of the match. And then obviously they weren't going to interfere as the baby faces. And then having the original title. So Kofi's never actually held the hemp belt. Having the original title there and giving it back to Kofi. And, Xavier and was struggling to carry, lift Kofi after the match. He lifted him up so and just started crying, yeah. sobbing. Because there's interviews from with Kofi, with, uh, with Woods back, back in 2015 with, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. On the podcast, on the Stone Cold, the Stone Cold uh, podcast, back in the day, with Woods saying his biggest goal in WWE is to get Kofi Kingston the World Championship, not himself. And Stone Cold was really was really upset by that. He was like, "How de- like why are you not in this for yourself?" And he defended. Well, he was saying Kofi Kingston's the best, the best black wrestler of all time. Um, How pop? Obviously, he's immensely popular in the WWE universe, but I didn't. Up until like the start of this year, I didn't realise how popular and how like well beloved he was by everyone, literally everyone in the back. I think no one, no one has got a bad word to say about Kofi Kingston because he has done everything. He's now held. He's now he's the, a Grand Slam champion now. Kofi Kingston, Grand Slam champion. I think because I think all of us fans wanted him to wanted this to happen in like two thousand eight, two thousand ten. I think it was 
during the whole Randy Orton feud. As we all sort of expected that Kofi was going to, there was going to be an actual like climax to that story after Kofi did the boom drop through the table at Madison Square Garden. We expected there'd be more. We expected Kofi would go up the table, up, up the card more. And then he didn't. And then he was about to be in an elimination chamber. And then Edge interfered, attacked him because Edge lost his belt earlier in the night. And then, then Edge won the title. And after that, he's not touched the main event scene. I mean, he's touched the main event in terms of new, the New Day have main evented stuff. But as the New Day and for tag titles, not. They've never done anything as a. They've never, done, they've never had just a Kofi Kingston moment. And I think the fact for, us, for fans that are our age, we've sort of grown up with Kofi Kingston. Like, I was eight when Kofi Kingston debuted on, on ECW. And the fact that now, after 11 years, he's finally got to the, to, the, to the pinnacle of the industry. I think it's perfect. He's done everything the company's ever asked of him, literally. He's, he's, the amount of tag teams he's been in, like mid-card, mid-card feuds, you know, this, like when the IC and the US title meant nothing and it was just mid-carders having matches with each other at this point, pretty much. And... But he he was always uh, a he, special talent, and he became part of the, one of the most hot, the hottest acts in in recent decades as well. I think people will disagree. This is a massive hot take. I think the New Day are one of the best teams of all time. I think the New Day will go in the Hall of Fame as the New Day at some point. They have done everything. They've been together for five years. They've been bad guys. They've been good guys. They've never been a chance of breaking up. Well, like about two, I don't know. It could have been two years. I can't give you an exact time frame of it, but I was starting to get a bit bored with the New Day. Yeah. Like I genuinely, I was a huge fan of New Day and I was starting to get a bit bored of it because it was, the act was getting a bit stale. But they've, it just keep, they refresh it every time. Like, they oh, it's amazing. It so many different things. Because obviously to start with, they were preachers and then they became really good guys and they were just extremely, extremely happy for everyone. And then no one really wanted them to be extremely happy for everyone. And then they became really silly um, and won at SummerSlam 2006. 16 or 15? 15 in Brooklyn. It was 15 in Brooklyn because the first NXT takeover Brooklyn. And then at that point, you then had uh, Woods come out with the trombone the next night and then you had the, the Dudley Boys return and they feuded with the Dudley Boys and then they came back and they... they We've had a million matches with the Usos which have all been all class. their Hell in the Cell match with the Usos is insane. And I think there's just, there's been so many big moments they've had and there's been so, there's so many more big moments they can still have. Like I still want to see, I want to see more of the Revival versus the New Day. They obviously they had two matches when, when, um, was it last year the Revival came up from the main roster? The main roster? Was it the year before? I think it was last year. And the New Day moved over to SmackDown. And when the New Day moved to SmackDown, just before they did, the Revival beat them twice and they got them out and got, like, they got the new, they got the Revival over and they got so many people over and, I think it's been perfect. I think it's been perfect. And I think this story, this story culminating at WrestleMania, it's not even culminating, it's still going, but like Kofi, Kofi's kids in the ring, crying, like his dad's finally done it. I need to see, I need to see Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston have, go, go, go all the way back to 11 years ago, or whatever, 10 years ago, whatever it was, and have this major feud for the title. See, this is what I said, this is why I predicted uh, I wanted Randy on to win because I thought Randy could win and then it could lead to this match that's that's why like I think AJ in theory should be number one contender to the WWE Championship right now obviously he's not it looks like he's going to be going to Raw he wasn't on Smackdown this week um, but, but and AJ was uh, but Randy Orton what should I say Randy Orton attacked Mustafa Ali before Kevin Owens attacked uh, Rusev it was a very odd one wasn't it it was very odd but I think I think if 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 Randy stays put on SmackDown, that is the one storyline I want to I want to see going into the summer. I think that could be brilliant. But I think I think that's it. That's that's everything. That's that's yeah. WrestleMania done. What do you think? Give me give me two numbers. WrestleMania t- out of ten. What do you think? WrestleMania out of ten. Out of ten. Wow. Um, it's definitely the best Mania since thirty. I'd say. You think Mania? You think you think thirty is better than thirty-one? <laughs> I've thrown you for six now, haven't I? Yeah. I think I would say 30, I, I love 30. Yeah, so do I, to be fair. Um, no, I agree. I'd, I'd probably say 8.5. I think that's fair. I think there's a few, 
There's a few not not bad. I don't think it was. There's any, no stinkers. Yeah, I say there's no stinkers on the card. But there's a few that could have been a lot better. And if that's they were holding back for more matches, if they wanted to do more, if they had time cut. But NXT Takeover New York out of ten. Out of ten, ten. Genuinely ten I because think I think both, it's the best takeover of all time. Both my stats are the exact same. I think ten Love out of ten. Love that. I think I think yes, there's been better matches for the, some takeover. Like in terms of there's been a better women's match before, but then as a, as an entire collective, I don't think there's been as good of a card for as as long of a time. And it's going to take a long time. Maybe even next take. We'll say this. I say next take. This next takeover will be as as good, won't it? But I think this was the best takeover of all time, and I can't wait to see what goes next down in NXT. But that has been that has been ring post mania radio <laughs> this up uh, this week obviously we've done everything we've discussed everything we can about wrestlemania and nxt takeover but that could be it for the year me and nathan are both going to be leaving uh, leaving sheffield where we're living and studying right now heading back home for the summer so unless we record one more episode and send that up for you in the next few weeks we might not see you till september if that's the case oh dear if i'm sad i'm very sad if that is the case <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Ring Post Radio to keep up to date with all of our shenanigans. I can't wait to be back. So much is going to change when we come back, isn't it? Well, next year I'll be living with Nathan, so we might be getting more episodes. Juice, pure juice. Do it from home. We can do it from home. Well, we've got a little studio space pretty much, haven't we? (laughs) I'm going to be buying all these microphones every summer. (laughs) But that has been been it from from Ring Post for for the year. I'm glad it's back. I'm hoping that next year we'll be back and better than ever. Some new ideas. We'll change it up how we can. But I've been Adam Westwood. And I've been Nathan Harding. Thank you for listening for the last few weeks. Cheers, thank you. See you next year.